Will you stand? <clears throat> We're going to uh, be looking at Matthew chapter 27, beginning in verse 55. And I'm just going to read this scripture, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this. Look at Matthew 27, 55. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and had ministered to him were there, looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. When it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph came, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate ordered that it be released. So Jesus took the body, wrapped it in, uh, Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean, fine linen and placed it in a new tomb which he had cut out of the rock. He left after rolling a great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. The next day, which followed the preparation day, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while this deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days, I will rise again. Therefore, give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people he has been raised from the dead. Then the last deception will be worse than the first. You have a guard of soldiers, Pilate told him. Go and make it as secure as you know how. Then they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting the guard. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone that was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his robe was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has been resurrected, just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Good morning. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. You can be seated. Many times I, I have been encouraged and inspired uh, to watch some of our older adults as they care for each other uh, in the twilight years. And uh, we had a fellow at uh, one of the churches I pastored. His name was Lim Bowman, and uh, his wife had contracted Alzheimer's, and uh, he cared for her. And he got finally to where he couldn't care for her, and he had to have her put in a, in a nursing home. But every day he would go up there, and he would sit with her for hours there in the nursing home and just, just care for her. And a lot of times she didn't even know where she was, but uh, he was just so devoted to her. And I was inspired by the love that he showed to his wife. Um, I believe Jesus loves us like that, and he wants us to love him like that. 
We need to love him like that. And uh, the scripture that we're looking at today, one of the amazing things about uh, the gospel story is the emphasis it has on the women of the story. And as I was reading this scripture this week, I was just, I was inspired by these women because uh, every step of the way, these women stayed with Jesus. Have you ever noticed that? The disciples, those, the 12 that he had been with, all forsook him in the Garden of Eden, but the women stayed with him the whole way. They stayed with him in the crucifixion. They watched, and then they stayed with him at the tomb as Joseph of Arimathea puts him in his newly uh, hewn tomb out of rock. Uh, then the next, the, on the third day, they go out early in the morning, and they go to anoint the body of Jesus. It's the only thing that they could do at that point. And every step of the way they stayed with him. And you know what? I believe God honors those who have a heart for him. And as they had a heart for Jesus, even uh, as their hopes and as their dreams were crushed at seeing him die on the cross, Jesus honored their love for him. And guess who he appeared to first? The women. And uh, the Bible says that when they saw him, they fell down. And they worshipped him. I want you to know that each one of us needs to love Jesus like that. We need to love him like that. The time of my message is loving Jesus despite difficulty. Loving Jesus despite difficulty. They had some difficulty. They had gone through some heart-wrenching heartache. As they watched this person, Mary Magdalene. What, a, what an amazing story she was. She had seven demons inhabiting her when she met Jesus. She was a prostitute. But Jesus cast those demons out of her. She put her trust in him and he changed her forever. And the Bible says that she, along with these other women who had been changed by Christ, went with him. Isn't it an amazing thing when God changes a heart? Do you know that's what the empty tomb and the risen Savior is all about? We serve a God who can make a dead heart alive. We serve a God who can take a hopeless circumstance and infuse it with hope. Praise God for it. But they wanted to respond to Jesus and show their love for Jesus. And so they stayed with him. Uh, what are some ways? How can we show this same love for Christ that they showed? Well, the first thing we can do is we can follow him. Look at verse 55. Many women who followed Jesus from Galilee. I want you to know something. This is, no, this is a passing comment in the story, but it's a word that has a whole lot of meaning behind it. Jesus had been experiencing increasing opposition. There were those who were plotting his death. There were those who were waiting for him to make a mistake so they could pounce. The intensity of the opposition had been growing, yet these women stayed by his side. I want you to know that there may be times where the opposition increases for God's children. We see that on the news about ISIS and the the Christians who are being beheaded for the sake of Christ, who are standing for Christ. Aren't you inspired by that? 
Praise God for those Christians who are willing to say, this is what Jesus means to me. I'll give my life for him. These women stayed by Jesus. Jim Elliott followed Jesus to minister to the Alka Indians. Um, David Livingstone followed Jesus to Africa. Well, Jesus may not want you to go to, to South America or to Africa. Jesus may just want you to go across the street to talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Will you follow him? Jesus may want you to minister to a person in need by providing a meal. Or he may want you just to sit with somebody and provide comfort in their time of need. Will you follow him? Christian, will you follow him? Will you submit to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life? Did you know that's one way you can show God that you love him? By following him regardless of the consequences. I was listening this week uh, to the radio and I was hearing about the story in Indiana where... Uh, the woman who had the family that had the, the pizza place and um, had a sign out front of their pizza place that said, uh, put your prayer requests in this box and we will pray for you as a pizza establishment. Is that not a great thing? Well, our media decided to uh, ask them some questions and uh, kind of twist the truth a little bit. Uh, and uh, when they said that they wouldn't cater a gay wedding, all bets were off, and they began to go after them with a fury. But I heard her being interviewed, and she said, by the way, they've been taking up over, I think, $560,000 for that family so they can stay in business as a, as a company after the media tried to shut them down. Uh, but she said, God has blessed us for taking a stand for Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? It's okay to follow Jesus. It's okay. I don't care what the, what the culture thinks about it. I don't care what they say about it. As we follow Christ, as we uphold him, we're showing our love for him. Let the devil do what he will. The Bible says the gates of hell can't stand against Christians putting their faith in Jesus Christ and following him. Now let me tell you today, if you... Don't know Jesus Christ. You make it, need to make an initial decision to follow him. This, this uh, whole celebration that we've been doing today uh, is remembering what Jesus has done. He died to pay the price for your sin and for mine. Did you know that God knows every sin, every evil thought, every evil word, every evil deed, everything you've ever done in your life or will do? He knows it all. But while we were sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you because he loves you. He rose from the dead to show you that he could change you and save your soul. But you must make a choice to follow him. It's a choice to turn from your sin in your own way and to receive the gift of eternal life that Jesus bought and paid for you on the cross. You can do that through a simple prayer of trust. And I'm going to give you, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And you can come forward and I'll lead you in a, in a phrase at a time in a prayer to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And you can leave this place following Jesus. So we can show our love for Christ by following him. Secondly, how do we show our love? We serve him. Follow him, serve him. Look at what he says in verse 55 again. 
Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and ministered to him. Now that word ministered in, in uh, the Greek is actually the verb form from which we get our word deacon. It means to serve. They were serving Jesus. One of the greatest ways that you can show your love for Jesus is to serve him. Now, how did these women serve Jesus? Well, they, they ministered to needs and so forth. One of the ways they did it was through their finances. Some of you say, well, I knew that preacher was going to mention finances. You know, I've only been here once this year. And, and sure enough, the, the one time that I come, he mentioned finances. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says that God wants to bless you. And one of the ways that he blesses us is as we give to him, he gives to us. The Bible says, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. So I'm trying to do you a favor. As you give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But give out of your heart to love Jesus. Offering isn't just about paying the bills. Offering is about worship. It's about saying, Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you for what you've done for us. We can't get over it. And we just want to do something from the bottom of our hearts to honor you and show love for you. So they served him through their finances. They served him through their actions and the things that they did. Um, Many of which are are probably not recorded in scripture. Uh, We know of Mary... uh, Breaking the expensive ointment and wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. Uh, But whatever the service that you do for God, it doesn't really matter what service it is. It blesses the heart of God that we serve him. Uh, Peter uh, had denied Jesus three times. You remember that? And uh, in the heat of the moment, he had failed. Sometimes we can feel like, you know, I've failed. God cannot use me. I'm not good enough to serve God. Can I tell you something? God delights to use sinners. That's a good thing because all of us are. You know what Jesus told Peter? After his resurrection, he came and he said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He said, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. What's Jesus saying? If you want to show your love for me, serve me. Serve me. And so... Peter is commissioned by Jesus, yet again, to serve. Was he deserving? No. He didn't deserve it. None of us deserve it. By the way, you think you deserve it, you just don't understand your own sin. None of us deserve it. But praise God for his grace. Says to Peter, shepherd my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter, I'm not through with you. And Peter went on to do that very thing. And through his life and ministry, sir. And, and ultimately, Peter, tradition tells us, was martyred for his faith. He served Jesus to the death. And he said, I'm not good enough to be crucified the way Jesus was. So crucify me upside down. That was the heart of Peter, the heart of service. These women had that heart of service. They ministered to Jesus. They served him. When everybody else had bailed. They were still serving Jesus. Some of you have been here through the good times and hard times and served Jesus faithfully. Can I tell you, that blesses the heart of God. 
He loves that simple, devoted service to him. So many people, things don't go their way. They don't serve. Things don't go their way. They don't give. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not about what's happening here. It's about honoring our Savior. Some of you have served faithful in the background. You don't want to be recognized. I've had some of you tell me, please do not recognize me. (laughs) I try to honor that. But can I tell you, Jesus sees what you do. Is that not an awesome thing? And he delights in it. And he receives that as a gift of love. So, how can we serve Jesus? By the way, when you serve Jesus... Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and to serve through you. So that whatever you're doing, it is his power working through you to do that particular task. You say, washing a dish? Yeah, washing a dish. Wash it with the joy of Jesus. You know, there's different ways to wash dishes. You ever ask your kids to do something and they got a scowl on their face? You know? <laughs> they don't like the, uh, the fact that you've asked them to do it. Uh, sometimes they may, you know, give them a minute. They, they, do, they do it willingly. But there are, times, there are days that I have a scowl on my face when I wash the dish. But guess what? When Jesus is living through you, you can have a heart of joy despite what you're doing, a heart of love. Ask Jesus to do it through you. Uh, so as you follow him, ask Jesus to do that through you as well because none of us, we can't walk by faith without him. Loving Jesus. How do you love Jesus? First of all, follow him. Secondly, serve him. Thirdly, seek him. Seek him. Look at chapter 28 and verse 5. The angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. You are looking for, is the way my translation says. But literally the Greek says, I know whom you seek. You see, they weren't just seeking Jesus to to try to go find a body. They were seeking him. And as far as they knew, Jesus had been taken away from from them, and his, his spirit was not there, but they just longed for Jesus so much, they just wanted to be in his presence. So you see the women watching from a distance at the cross. Observing the nails, observing the crown of thorns, observing the ridicule, observing the scorn. Observing his death. But they don't leave when it's over. They go with him to the tomb. Joseph of Arimathea is asked to, to have Jesus' body. And the Bible says they're sitting opposite the tomb. Now, I, I've done a lot of graveside services in my ministry, but I have never sat and watched them put the body in the tomb. These women sat through the whole process. They just wanted to be near Jesus. They come to the tomb the next day to think, maybe this is the last time we'll ever see him. We just want to be near him one last time. We just want to serve him one last time. Anoint his body with some perfume. 
The angel said, I know who you seek. He is not here. Do you see their heart to seek after Jesus? Jesus says, I, if I go away, I will come to you. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Jesus, because he's alive, the Bible says he would send his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would communicate the presence of Jesus to believers' hearts. They were seeking Jesus at the tomb, and he wasn't there. But for those who seek Jesus with all their heart, they will find him every time. Seek him. You know what, what Jesus desires more than anything else? More than our service? He desires our heart. You go on a, way, on a trip, and it, do you buy stuff for your kids when you go on a trip? Have you ever had your kids come up to you and say, okay, where's the gift? Where's the gift? What if they said, you know, Dad, I just don't care about the gift. I'm just glad you're home. And they threw their arms around you. Would that not bless your heart? See, that's what Jesus wants from us. He's not really impressed by our service. He, he delights in the fact that we love him enough to serve him. But that's not, I mean, he, he looks at our heart. He wants us to seek him with all that we are. To seek the manifest presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. There's no greater blessing in this life than his presence. Do you believe that? Where Jesus is... There's freedom. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Some of you need rest for your soul. You come in here burdened. You come in here grieved. You come in here with heartache. You need rest. Let me tell you where to find it. It's found in the presence of Jesus Christ. Seek him. How do you seek him? You can seek him through coming to church like you've done here today. Seeking to be in his presence in corporate. And that's, that's biblical. That, that we're told to do that. Um, you can also seek him through his word. And he will speak to you through his word. You can seek him in your prayer time. As you talk with God, as you draw near to him. One of my favorite ways is to do it through worship, singing worship songs. Wasn't that a great song that we sang this morning? I know I'm in the choir. It's kind of self-serving, but I just love that song. That's a great song. Worthy is the Lamb. But I, I tell you, when I sing a song like that, it ushers me into the presence of God. Seek Him. You show your love for Him by seeking Him. Let me tell you something. Don't let your Bible get dusty. Don't skip your time with God. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. How do we show love for Christ like these women did? We follow him, we serve him, we seek him, finally we worship him. Look at verse 9. Just then, Jesus met them and said, good morning. And they came up, took hold of his feet, and asked a theological question. Is that what it says? Some of you, boy, when I get to heaven, I want to ask Jesus about this. I don't think anybody is going to be concerned about the questions they have when they get to heaven. When they see Jesus in all his glory, they're just going to want to fall down and worship. 
They took hold of his feet and worshipped him. The idea is they, they fell down upon the ground around his feet. They're overjoyed. There he is. We've been seeking him and there he is. They're overjoyed. And they just begin to worship. By the way, who gets worship? There's only one person in the Bible that it's appropriate to give worship to, and that's God. Jesus is God. Don't, don't you let anybody tell you any different. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. The, the Old Testament name for God, Yahweh, Jehovah. Jesus said, I am. And they knew exactly what he meant because they picked up rocks to stone him. Jesus is God. So they worshipped him. What does it mean to worship? Worshipping involves honor of God. It involves appreciation of God. Praise means I, I praise God for some quality that he has. Lord, I praise you because you're good. I praise you because you're worthy. I praise you because you're faithful. I praise your great power. You're all-knowing. You're almighty. You're all-wise. That's praise. And one of the things that you can do as you read God's Word and you see something about God that blesses your heart, you can stop right there and say, Lord Jesus, I worship you because you are fill-in-the-blank. So worship involves praise, and it also involves thanks. Did you know the Bible teaches that we as Christians are to be thankful people? Uh, we, are, we are called to have a heart full of gratitude. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Some of you came this morning seeking the will of God. I just told it to you. <laughs> In everything, give thanks. It's a heart of worship. Did you know you can thank God? I, I was at, David and I were talking about how good coffee is this week. And, uh, and I was telling him, you know, I, I, I was drinking my coffee in my devotion. I said, God, thank you for coffee. <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. Just a little thing. But there are so many things that God blesses us with each day. Return thanks. Worship Him. Another way you can worship Him is, is through your attitude toward Him. Do you know God is holy? You know what holy means? It means set apart. It means He's up way up here. If I could reach higher, I would. And we're way down here in comparison. You and I may love somebody, right? But our love can't compare to his love. He's holy in his love. He's holy in his grace, in his mercy. Aren't you glad? He's holy in his faithfulness. Some of us, we, we don't, we're not faithful the way we should be, right? He's perfectly faithful. And when you think of God's holiness, you think about him as set apart from everything else that we could even imagine. We, we don't have categories big enough 
to truly understand all there is to know about God. The only way we can understand what we do know is through his revealed truth in his word. So your attitude of honor and awe before him is worship. Have you ever driven through the mountains or been at the ocean and you just feel overwhelmed by the the greatness of God's creation and what he has done? Have you ever felt small? It kind of gets the idea of God as, as, as awesome. So we worship God. An attitude of worship, a heart of worship. You can worship through service as well. Any aspect and area of your life. Did you know, some of you think, well, I work in a secular vocation, and you think that that's a second-class job. It's not a second-class job. When you do your job, you know what the Bible says you can do? Do everything as unto the Lord. Your job, yes, even your job that you don't like, can be done as an act of worship to the Lord. Every aspect of your life, do it as unto the Lord. That's a heart of worship. It shows your love for Jesus Christ. Loving Jesus despite difficulty. Some of you may be going through difficulty. You know, one of the best things you can do when you go through difficulty is turn your eyes upward. Someone somewhere said this, your uplook determines your outlook. Isn't that great? When you lift your eyes to him, it helps you have perspective. Loving Jesus despite difficulty, how you follow him, you serve him, you seek him, you worship him. Do it in season and out of season. Do it when it's easy to do it. Do it when it's hard to do it. Do it when there's not pressure uh, to stop doing it. Do it when there's pressure to stop doing it. I'm going to tell you something. I will pray in Jesus' name. There's not, not, nobody in this culture that's going to tell me I can't pray in Jesus' name. I'm going to honor my, I'm going to honor my Savior. Amen. Some organization says you, you can't be a part of our organization. You pray in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be a part of that organization. Serve him in season, out of season. Love him despite the circumstances. When I was going through a great trial, my last... Uh, Church, uh, I was staying up one last night last night, one night, and it was it was a, a program, TV program. I don't even know who it was. Okay, it was some Christian program, and uh, the man said, "I feel like God has impressed me to tell you that your victory will come through worship." And he's just talking to somebody, you know. But I just sensed the Holy Spirit touch my heart and said, "That's for you, Roger." And so I began to spend regular time in worship with the Lord. And I, I mean, I was, it was hard. It was hard. Have you ever had a couple of people a day come to your office to chew you out for an hour? I was experiencing that every single day. I was going through a great, great difficulty in my personal life. Uh, but can I tell you something? When I turned my eyes up to Jesus... He brought his peace. For the first time in my life, I understood what it meant when David said, you are my strong tower. I'd enter the time of worship with the weight of the world on my shoulders, but I would leave it with God's freedom and God's joy. The problems look small, like I'm looking down from a tower. I'm secure in him.
That's what God will do as you worship Him, follow Him, serve Him, seek Him in the midst of your difficulty. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your, your encouragement to us and your love for us. Help us to respond likewise. And to love you, Lord, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Help us to seek you, to serve you, to follow you, and to worship you.